John's in the organ channel his guitar and his vocal is They say that you
How's everybody this evening? Would you stand? Let's give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Tonight we have John Henderson with us. John, he, uh, he was our first music intern here and the longest. I mean, I, I finally had to just lock my door and say, don't come back. No, that's not, that's not true. But we're happy, to, we're happy to have him. They have a brand new recording that's out. And uh, do we have it here? Okay, it's out there. So be sure to go and spend thousands of dollars. Help Johnny out, okay? And uh, we're going to worship with them tonight. We're just turning it over to them and letting them have at it. So make welcome John Henderson. All right, I'm going to need you guys' help tonight. Is that okay? Right, is that okay? We're going to start off like this. I know you don't know these songs, but I'm going to need you guys to clap with me. I'm going to show you how we're going to do it. Right here. Here we go. Here we, is that good? Keep going.
chorus goes, it goes like this. John and Shannon Henderson back home here at Stratford Heights. These two right here, they are a product of our church. 12 years old, John first walked in our doors, and it wasn't too many years later that he walked in with a cute little girl that he fell madly in love with. 
And now they have a beautiful little girl, Maddie. Maddie, won't you stand up and wave so people can see you? Wave at everybody. Here she is. We're glad Maddie is here. And we're excited. Thank you for the band you brought with you tonight and for coming home to be here. This is one of the very first nights that John is here to debut like his brand new CD. So we are very proud of him and what he's gone on to accomplish. He's a worship pastor at a local church here in town and he is just sought after in, in all kinds of ways. He is just excited about what his future is and we're excited to have him here tonight. And I thank you. I thank you for coming out and being here. I told you this morning what it was gonna be like and you came. And I really, I want you to give yourself a hand tonight because you are here and I really appreciate every one of you. What I'd like you to do right now, if you would, is congratulate one of you. you know, I said this earlier today and I wanna to say it again tonight. It's very important that we understand that in our culture and in our society, our heart is to minister to people and to reach them. And that means that some folks, they're gonna prefer and they want, they, they love to listen to, to, to the Redback Hymnal and they love Southern gospel music and they love those good old fashioned choir tunes. And I personally, I love, I love black gospel. I, I, inside me is an African American singer. That's my favorite kind of music. Some of our young people, you know, they don't know anything else except some of the modern and contemporary worship. And that's what touches their heart. And I can tell you this, it touches mine too. And I'm excited tonight because this is like both worlds coming together. And I really appreciate your support and you being here. And I thank you that you are here tonight to support what I consider to be the generation that's up and coming. How many of you know we have got to do what we can to reach the new generation? We have to. And let me tell you how it works, because there's a lot of, you know, and, and you know me, I'm your pastor, and, and I'll just tell it like it is. There are a lot of smart alecks in the church world who don't get it. They're not, they're not really intelligent enough to get it. And that's just me. I'm going to tell you the way I really feel. They don't ever understand that, you know, the message, the message of Calvary, the message of the blood, the cross, the message of Jesus Christ, Son of God, that never changes. Never changes. But our methods and how we reach people in this community and in this world, it better change. It better change. Because I'm telling you, while the message is sacred, the methods are not. Jesus proved that himself all through his word. And so tonight, this represents us holding on to our heritage and loving where we've come from, but embracing the new generation and what's out there for the young people of today. So I want you one more time to give it up for the Lord who is absolutely in this place and in this worship tonight. Amen. Amen. And in my opinion, tonight the Star Award goes to Audrey Purdy. Because Audrey, you'll never hear her put it down. You'll never hear her put down anything that she feels is honoring Jesus. And I love that about her. She's one of my very favorite people in the whole world. Because she, man, she means business when she looks to things that love God. I want you right now, if you will, take a few moments. They're going to sing again for us. And as they do, I want you to get out, find as many people. I want, if you're over 40... 
I want you to go find people under 40. And if you're under 40, I want you to go find people over 40. But whatever you do, don't ask them how far over 40 they are. All right? God bless you. Let's find some folks to shake hands tonight.
Israel back because he's a jealous God and he doesn't share he doesn't share his children but what I read was there's a part in Hosea where God through his hurt is speaking to Israel and he says this I want a love that lasts and he didn't do this what this song says he didn't go to the cross and die for you he didn't shed his blood and raise from the dead to be shared like it's not a big deal. So as we sing this again tonight, I just pray that that is released in this youth group, in the college age, in the middle aged, in the old people and the children, that God's a God who loves you. And you're the one that he was thinking of when he came back to life. When the stormers rolled away, he thought about Brian Little. And he said, I can't stop. I can't give up because Brian's counting on me. Amen. Cause I loved you before You knew it was love And I saw it all Still I chose the cross And you were the one That I was thinking of When I rose from the grave Now rid of your shackles And each reach yours And I tore the veil
come will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom come, it will be done on earth alive. what I desire. I'm just uh, touched and broken in my heart as I hear the words of these songs that the Holy Spirit has given to John. And I'm asking Richard if he wrote these. And he wrote all of these songs that he's singing tonight that, that, that God gave him. The Holy Spirit ministered to him. I desire the Spirit to fall on me because I want the will of God to be done in my life. Do you? I want the will of God to be done in my city, in my home, in my family my car driving on to, to wherever I'm at. I want that tonight. Would you just lift your hands with me tonight if that's how you feel or, or however. But I want you to engage tonight. I want you to connect tonight. I don't want you to ask the Lord to just pour out that fire, that, that holy fire that changes us, separates that which doesn't belong from that which belongs, ushers in the presence of God. Father, we love you and we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord for the precious words of these songs, God, that have been penned and we've heard tonight. God, we believe, I know, Lord, they're from you. And, not, Lord, I'm thankful, Lord. Every song, Lord, I'm singing with. And it, it's incredible, Lord, to hear that sound. And, God, to hear, Lord, your voice. And, Father, we ask you tonight in the name of Jesus. God, we ask you tonight, God, to fall on us. God, we ask you tonight, God, afresh and anew to fall upon our families and minister, God, in such a way, God, as you receive glory and you receive honor and praise. And God, in this last day, 
that we're in. God, we believe with all of our hearts, God, like never before, the love of God needs to be seen in our faces. The love of God needs to be felt and sensed in our words. And it needs to be felt and sensed. God, when we come into the room, Lord, we pray that you would come in with us. Father, you come in and touch hearts and minister, God, your love. God, we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight really fast, if you will. I want to thank you. If I can take a quick personal segue here, I want to thank you for praying for, uh, for my family in this hard time. How many know that we, we know that prayer works, but, but God really is the one that works. But when we pray, God gets involved. And this church has been praying for me and my family, and we felt it. My 55-year-old uncle lost his life. Last week, we drove or flew to Colorado and drove half the way and flew. Just don't ask me about it. I'm just over it right now, that whole traveling thing with a newborn baby. and my. Anyways, uh, it, it, was, it was a difficult, difficult time. But I'm going to tell you what happened through all of that because of your prayers is God, God got the glory. And this life that was so young that got snuffed out, the Lord used to impact other people's lives and I'm so thankful today even a lady gave me a gift. She wrote on it, said, this is not an offering. This is a gift. And I just want to thank you because this church has been a gift to my family. And I didn't mean to do all that. I know that we're kind of in a different kind of night, but I feel like I need to say that. I'm so thankful for the love of a church family. Amen? Amen. I'm thankful for that this morning or this evening. Anybody tonight, as you just lift your hand, you have a prayer request, a prayer need, a special prayer need all over the house tonight, just special prayer needs that you're praying about. I wish if you would just reach over and make contact or connect with that person that's beside you and pray for them if you would right now. So our ushers are going to come too to take up the offering. God, we love you and we thank you. God, we know that you're the burden bearer, Lord. The Bible tells us in Psalms 119 and 105, Lord, that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Father, we pray that this night as we gather together, like any other night, God, we could gather in your presence. Lord, you'd come and God, the, the, the darkness, God, that's in our path, your word would just light it up, Father. And all of a sudden, God, we'd see what we need to see. And God, you'd direct us. And I pray right now over all of these requests, God, all of these needs and difficulty and the broken hearts that are here, the, the bodies that need touched, God, the families that need restored, the ministry that needs to happen, God, we ask you to do it in the name of Jesus, God, for your glory and for your honor. We give you praise and we give you honor. And God, I want to tell you tonight, God, as we pray, thank you, God. Thank you for John and what you've done, Lord. I remember, Lord, when, when God, you touched him. And I remember where he was at. And God, I'm thankful, Lord, so many years later, God, you've used him. You've raised him up in this day and this hour, God, to minister like never before, God, your love and grace. God, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give tonight in the offering as God leads you. You're here. Meet me where I am. My fear. Help me understand. I doubt. Let me know. Oh, my God. 
in the house. God, that you've been so faithful throughout our entire lives. And God, we thank you that you are here and that your presence is with us tonight. God, you are awesome and faithful and so wonderful. And we just recognize you and we honor you and lift you up tonight in this house. 
We praise you and we thank you, Lord. We magnify you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Isn't God good? Amen. He is so good. He is so good. I want right now, if you would, to just give it up for John and Shannon and the wonderful music, the worship that they brought here tonight. John, for real, it's, it's our honor to have these folks here, part of, part of our crew. It's great to have them here. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. To, right after the service, you'll be able to go out in the lobby and buy their new CD and talk to them and catch up with them and buy them all. Buy them all out. Give them to your friends and let's, let's just spread the word about John's good music. Amen. And also, we want to appreciate you as you did give in the offering tonight. It did go to their ministry, so that's a blessing to them. And we, we thank you for, for being a blessing. Let's pray over the service. Let's pray over the preaching and the word tonight. And let's have church. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we honor you and we thank you and we bless you. God, we appreciate so much how amazing you are, the love that you have for us and the way that you care for us. God, we appreciate all you've done through our lives, and we pray that tonight would be no different, that you would show up here in a beautiful way. God, we know that you're already here. Lord, we just pray that you would touch hearts and lives, and God, you would do a beautiful thing in us. In the name of Jesus, have your way here tonight. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight, I basically... I basically want to share one message with you, and that's how faithful God is and where we fall in his faithfulness. I do, I do want to say this, and I, I don't know if this is embarrassing to John or not, but I was thinking about John. We actually, uh, some of us guys used to hang out back in the day, and one night I happened to not be with them, but they went to uh, Rosedale School right down the street here. They played basketball at the basketball court. They used to have lights out, and they would stay. At, the lights would stay on till like midnight, and everybody got there and played basketball and hang out. Well, one night they came back and said, "Hey, we met this kid out there, and his name is John Henderson. Young kid. He lives right next door, and he is out there all the time playing basketball. And that was the first time I heard of him. But then through the years, and through time after time, we hung out. We've been close. We've been on a mission trip, and." Uh, it's amazing, you meet somebody one time and you'll, you don't know if you'll ever hear from them again, but then they become such a big part and they become part of the, you know, the face of, of your life. And that's who John's been. I remember one time I was hanging out at John's house, which people did all the time, went out behind his house and on the back porch I looked and uh, the wall, it, it, he had a vinyl siding on his house and the wall was all melted up underneath the awning. Well, he had a bunch of people at his house, and he got this bright idea. He was, having a, he was grilling out when it was raining, so what he did is he pulled the grill over underneath the edge of the house, you know, so, the, so it wouldn't go out and hear all the side of his house was melting and stuff, and I, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> but, it, but anyhow, it's a long, you know, he was like 12 when we met him for the first time, and, and it's a long way from being a 12-year-old kid in basketball shorts just wanting to get your ball on. It's a long way from that point to, to where he is today. There's a lot of times in life when we think about how faithful God is. We can look back at John's story or your story or my story, and we can look back to the beginning and we can be like, man, God was so faithful. Wasn't he so faithful when he moved for the first time? And we started to get convicted, and 
God starts to touch our lives and starts to deal with us. And it's like he's so faithful to orchestrate all the details and take care of us and move and work in beautiful ways. I look back at my own story, and I'm, I think I was 15 when I got saved. And, and no offense to me or to anybody else, there's sometimes I think I was a dumb kid. How in the world did I even how did that even happen? You know, how did I even have a brain enough to even figure out that I need to get saved? But, but that's God's faithfulness, that he deals with us and works with us. But like I said, I want to remind you that God is faithful. He is faithful that, that, that there's beautiful points in our lives when we get saved. Or maybe there's mile markers in your life and you can look back and say, yeah, man, he is, he's been faithful. I want to tell you there's points, other points in our lives, and a lot of times those times are right now. That, that we don't see God as faithful like he was at one point. But I want you to know that God is as faithful right now as the day that you got saved. He is working as hard. He is taking care of the details of your life. He is pouring out. He's loving you. He is bankrupting heaven right now to minister to your life, to have everything available to you that you need right now. You might be in a situation where you feel like it's, it's a struggle and it's hard and, and, and I'm not getting through and I don't understand where God's at. Let me tell you that he's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's so wonderful. He doesn't change with time. He doesn't be stronger at circumstances depending on what they are. God is so wonderful and God is so faithful. I want you to remember how faithful he is. You might find yourself in all kinds of different situations, but look, trust, be faithful yourself, be committed yourself, and see God move and do a wonderful, wonderful work. I, I've got a bunch of thoughts that I want to share with you, and if it's anointed, they'll all go in line perfectly, and it'll all make sense, and at the end, you'll be like, I want to go to the altar, because that was God's message. But I want to share something with you. Faithfulness of God is there. He's so faithful, and he doesn't change. We change. Our faithfulness goes up. Our faithfulness goes down. Sometimes we're on 100% and sometimes we're not. Sometimes we can make the big commitments and then sometimes we're like, whoops, I totally failed. And the pastor hit it right on the head when he talked today about marriage. And I, I've said this before. Man, when you're standing up here getting ready to get married, you're like, bring on. Bring the biggest commitment on. I'm ready to say yes. You know, and you practically don't even know what you're saying, but you're like, yes, I'm going to do it. Whatever that is, yeah. But like he said, it's a, it's a lot different once you get away from that, that moment and you're like, man, this is, this is a little harder than what I thought. Man, this is a little different than what I thought. So our faithfulness is in a different place than God's. And I want to take you, there's a lot of times that I will leave here on a Sunday night and I will go to a fast food restaurant. And trust me, this is going somewhere. It's not just me visiting. I will go to a fast food restaurant and and. Without a doubt, maybe it's an indicator that I go to too many fast food restaurants. Without a doubt, probably 75% of the time, I can order the simplest thing and it's wrong when I get it home to my house. I've learned to look at the bag before I leave the thing so I can say, hey, this is wrong. You know, I've been there, done that. There's one place in particular that's always a struggle. And uh, I won't mention the name, but they, they serve stuff in taco shells a lot at this particular place. <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's always an adventure. The line's always backed up a mile, and you make that decision. You see the long line, and you're like, do I want to run the risk? Am I going to take the bait and pull in the line and be stuck? Because 
the way they have the line set up that you can't pull out, not unless you're going to be so mad you're going to drive over the hedges and, you know, barrel through the neighbor's parking lot. It, I'll, I'll, so I'll, okay, you know, I'm really wanting some kind of food. You know, my wife's wanting something, so I'll, I'll take the bait and I get in the line. You know, 15 minutes later, I'm up to the window, or, you know, I'm up to the little box. And it, it's funny, I'm like, they're like, hey, welcome to the restaurant. What would you like? And I'm like, I want three soft tacos with no lettuce. The person fires back, sir, we don't sell Big Macs here. This is the other place. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. I know. I didn't, I didn't say Big Macs. I said tacos. Oh, okay, tacos, tacos, okay. So how many of those do you want? You said 15? No, three. Oh, okay. So anyhow, then I pull up another 10, 15 minutes later, 20 minutes later. All right, let's get my food once. Nope, it's wrong. Sorry about that. Twice. Whoop, sorry, we got that wrong again. Third time. All right, cool. I actually had one time where I finally just said, okay, forget it. I, I'm cool. I'm, I'm just going to leave. Well, we'll give you your money back. I said, no, it's a donation. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. But anyhow, I say that to say, to say this. If you're like me, I get this thing in my head, and it's, the, it's fast food. Like, they say it's fast food, and I get all, all riled up. Fast food. I'm like, dude, they're, they're not thinking about fast food at all. If this is fast, then I don't, I don't even know the definition of it. So you get mad, at, and, and you probably get that way, too. You probably question, you know, fast food. This isn't fast at all. Some of you might be questioning if it's food at all, you know, depending on what grade the meat is or, you know, whatever. But anyhow, we, we get upset, and it, if also if you're like me, sometimes... And not all the time, because I'm not this, this horrible wretch, but, but sometimes you go through this process in your mind. You're like, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him I'm never coming back here again. And maybe you're like, well, I'm going to talk to the manager. Or, or I'm going to call the corporate office. Or, or if you're really self-righteous, you're like, well, don't they know who I am? I could tell tons of people that this place is terrible, and they close down the doors in a month, you know. And, of course, if you're like me, you're like, hey, you know, just get over yourself. You're a Christian. It's cool. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. But, but I, want you to, I want you to think about the fast food deal. We have a tendency to hold people accountable uh, to their words. When we look around, when we interact in the real, real world, not, not here in the altar, hallelujah, but when we're out there in the real world, we have a tendency to hold people accountable to their word. And we're like, dead determined. They better do what they said they're going to do, or I'm going to be ticked. I'm going to be mad. And there's so many times that that, that, that happens. And we can get all riled up and get all upset with people because they didn't hold up their end of the bargain. And, and sure, we have some kind of right on some kind of level to, you know, to not be happy because it didn't go like, like they said it would. But it seems like that nowadays, that even more than ever before, everybody's on the razor's edge. They're ready for somebody to not follow through or not do the right thing because we're going to be ticked off and we're, we're going to say, you've done me wrong, you know, we, we're, we're a victim and we're in this place where we just easily get offended and, and get ticked off. The truth be told, there's a lot of times that we're, we are this way. The church is this way. I want to I throw this thought out at you. I've heard it said before, a lot of times in life, we will judge somebody's, will we judge somebody by the worst action that they've done against our best intention? 
and will feel really good because of our intention and the, and the mistakes that they've made. And we get real offended, real, real self-righteous. And I throw that out there just as a warning for us to be careful about how upset and how mad we get. If you can think back, maybe it was today, maybe it was last week. When was the last time that you were really offended? And was it a big deal? And do you, do you really feel, if you think about that situation, was it as big as you think it was? And now that you, you're like, yeah, that was a pretty big deal. Now that you've been offended and mad and upset about it, has it made it any better? Are you any better today? Is there any kind of result because you were ticked off than there was, you know, before the situation happened? Everybody's offended so easily. and People get so mad. I'm taking a drink. And, and we get that way. Us Christians, we get that way. We get, we get rough, and we get gruff, and we get mad, and, you know, the, it's a bad day at work. Whatever situations are, and we get to places where we're just upset. We just, sometimes we act just like the world. It's so easy for us sometimes to get mad. And, and I want you to understand that there's an enemy behind that that's always, like, nitpicking. He's always pointing out stuff. And they didn't do this, and they didn't do that, and they didn't say it like it was, you know. They... There's obviously they hate you or they don't care or something like that. And he nitpicks at us. We can get so mad and so upset so easily. Turn on my page here. We get so mad and so, so upset. We have a tendency to hold people to a standard that we don't hold ourselves to. And if we're careful, if we're not careful, we will do that. We'll easily slip into some kind of thing where we'll get away from the truth of God, from a fresh relationship to Him, and we'll get in this place where the focus starts to go on us and we'll get upset. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 says this, Judge not that, that you be not judged. For with the judgment, verse 2 says this, For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. We will be held to the standard that we hold others to. Our real standard is God's word. And we have to be held to it. We have to hold ourselves to it. Long before we could hold anybody else to a standard or, or say they demand something from them, we have to be a student of the word. We have to be held to his word. Is justice really served when somebody gets what's coming to them for you? And I'm here to say this, and this is where this ties back together. What our concern needs to be, we, we all make mistakes, we all have issues, what our number one concern should be is instead of holding somebody else to their word and saying, you know what, I'm going to be ticked off if they let me down, is that we have to be people of our words, that we have to be faithful. God is faithful. He loves us. He takes care of us. And we have to be like him. And we've got to be connected to him such a way that he can show his faithfulness through us, that we can be people of our word, that we can be faithful the whole world is looking for people to for look for the loopholes, to look for the way to cheat and to get around things and to not have to put the effort for. But God is looking for somebody to stand up and say, I have a standard and I'm making a commitment. I'm true, I'm real, I'm going to do my very best to do what I say I'm going to do. I am the real thing. I'm not just wishy-washy. But God is faithful and I want to be faithful. We must do what we say we're going to do. If you look around and the pastor said it today, 
the world is not committed to much. Our, the, the, the institutions of this of American culture, the things that we've depended on for years, they've been weakened by choices and by mistakes and by all kinds of different things, almost to the point where, where we, nobody will stand for anything. But God is faithful and he loves us and he's stood for us. I want to share this with you. John chapter 17, verse 1 to verse 5. We see Jesus. This is the end of his ministry. He's in the garden. And, you know, if you think it's just like the old pictures, the old paintings, you know, he's hunched down and he's leaning on a rock, you know, in the, in the beautiful garden. We see him there and in all the emotion that that moment would bring. And he says these words, and it's so awesome and so beautiful. And I want to point something out to you with them. Starting in verse 1, it says, Jesus spoke these words, lift, uh, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that, that they may know you and the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Verse 4 says this, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I, I had with you before the world was. I want you to look at that. He literally says, I have finished the work you have given me. If you look back through, through Jesus' ministry, he was, he was committed in so many different ways to so many different, so many different people. You look at him, you catch him right from the very beginning. He's walking along and he's calling the disciples. He says, I will make you fishers of men. And from that point to this point, he had done his job and accomplished. When he met the lady that was caught in adultery and looked into her eyes, he said, I, and I don't accuse you either. There's so many times down through the, how he taught the disciples to pray. There's so many things that he was doing. What he was saying here in this, in this prayer was, God, you've given me a responsibility. You've given me people, and, and you've given me a responsibility, a commitment that I needed to make and follow through with. And here they are. I've done the work that you've asked me to do. I've done exactly what you told me, and I've finished it. This example of faithfulness is wonderful and beautiful. His commitment to his word was awesome. And that's the same commitment that we need to have in our hearts and our lives to be the example of him. You know, and, and let me tell you, how is that possible? How is that possible for us, for us to be faithful, to come through as shining examples, to, to herald you know, that we could have such great commitments and be so faithful? We can't. But I'm telling you, when we'll stay faithful to Him, when we stay committed to God and stay faithful to Him, see, that's when His love and His work starts to come through our life. And the Bible talks about and promises that we will walk on streets of gold, that the, the work that He starts, He will complete. And it's not because of necessarily because of what we can do, but it's His faithfulness. If we'll stay number one, like the pastor said today, if we'll love Him first, if we'll stay committed to Him first, then God is going to turn this thing around and he's going to do a work inside of us where we will walk on streets of gold, where we will be shining examples to those around us that yes, there is a God and that he is faithful and that he does work in beautiful, wonderful ways. I'm telling you, John, I'm proud of you being up here tonight 
at the end of the day, you know, when you go home and lay in your bed, and I know this is how you feel, you know it's all God. It's all God. He's done something beautiful and wonderful with your life. I'd, I'd rather be you. I'd rather be some of you that have committed your life to God and seen Him work and move through your life than be anybody else and be the most famous person that this world could ever have. I'd rather know Him and know that He's worked through my life. What's so awesome is, is God is so faithful. I want to be part of His faithfulness. I had the opportunity, you had the opportunity to be part of His faithfulness to this world, to be people of our word, to stand up and make some commitments. The, uh, Jesus talks about here, I'm going to jump ahead here, give you this other scripture. Check this out. Matthew 25 and 21 says, His Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joys of the Lord. He's looking for us to be faithful. If we'll be faithful to him, God is going to work in our lives, and he's going to show himself faithful to this world around us. God is so awesome, and he's so wonderful. He's so amazing, and he's so faithful. God is moving and working in beautiful ways. I want to be committed and be a part of that that expresses to the world. He says there's a few things that you need to be faithful over. Man, I want to be faithful over those few things. Have always been, have always been the best. Have always figured it out. No, I, I've been terrible. I, I can tell you I've failed a zillion times probably. But I'm telling you God is faithful. And I'm faithful like the pastor said. If I, if I fall, I get right back up. I love God. I love him with all my heart. And he moves and works in beautiful ways. Tonight, you may be in this room. And, and pardon me if this is too intense. And, and I, don't, I don't mean to offend you or, or make it into an intense. But sometimes we have all kinds of issues. And we start to, we look at the other person more than we look at ourselves. We start to accuse them and get mad at them. I just want to share a few thoughts with you. Number one, is your spouse as really bad as you think they are? Maybe you've, you've been so offended and so busy watching your offense, been taking that mental list of, well, they don't, and they don't do that and they don't do this anymore. Maybe you've been so busy being offended that, that you've lost sight of the beautiful person that you fell in love with to start out with. Maybe you've had a hard time at work. You feel so upset, you feel overlooked, and like nobody cares. There was one time when you said, thank God, I've got a job, and now you're so upset and so looking at all the details, you're so ticked off, and now you call the job the devil. And you say, I can't believe this is horrible, I can't believe this. And maybe somehow you're not happy here at church. Once you cracked the doors and said, man, I can feel the spirit when I open the door, but now something has happened. You're upset because somebody took your seat or you feel like things should be this way or somebody's doing my ministry or something like that. And, and what you used to love, you're just like, I don't even know if I, if I even need it or not. It may be one of those things, but maybe, maybe it doesn't. We have to go back and look at our commitments. And I just want to throw this thing out here that life is really tough. And I, I'm not saying that it's not. Life is really tough. You know, we do those marriage vows, and there's a part in there where it says, in sickness and in health, our commitment says, you know what? In sickness and in health, yes, I'm going to see this thing through. And jobs are work, and they're hard. 
I tell some people, some younger people, they're like, man, this job stinks. I hate it. I was like, yeah, you know, and I'm not trying to be a bad guy. It's like, well, yeah, it's work. That's why they call it work. If it was fun, they would call it fun, you know. You know, it's work. It's, you know, it's it, not necessarily always going to be fun. Our church is an awesome place, but, uh, but you know that it's not perfect. And I can tell you the main reason why it's not perfect is because we have a bunch of imperfect people here. I'm not walking on streets of gold yet, and thank God you're not yet either. But this is a thing. I believe that God wants to move in a bunch of imperfect people. And I believe he wants to show himself faithful. And if, 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 if we'll jump on board and we'll be committed and we'll be faithful, man, God's going to draw all those people that feel like, man, I ain't perfect, I ain't going to that place. Man, if, we, if we'll be faithful, God will use us. And those people will show up and just be like, you know what, I feel at home here. I don't feel like everybody's perfect either. I feel like we're in the process of getting from here to heaven. God wants to raise up our church. He wants to raise up a bunch of people that are, that are broken and want to be healed and want to be touched and want to grow and be faithful. He wants to do that here. He wants to show himself faithful through our church. And he wants us to be faithful when we go to our jobs. Man, what a greater witness than to have a smile on your face, to be faithful, to be committed on your job, and to minister to people. I know what it's like. I've worked at Myers for Lord knows how many years, and I remember how much bitterness the people had in their, you know, in their talk and the way they did things. Everybody was always, it was rumors, and everybody hated everybody, talked behind everybody's back. Man, we need God needs us to be faithful and stand up on our jobs so he can move and work through us. And in your homes, like the pastor said today, what more beautiful example could you leave for people, could you affect people, than to be faithful, to be committed and be godly in your home? What better example? You know, I'll tell you the absolute truth. I believe that your kids, your spouse, whoever you have in your home, I believe that they will believe that God is more real because of your positive lifestyle than if they didn't have you there. I believe that God will raise you up and use you to show people that God is faithful, that he is loving, that he is caring, that he works, that he's for real. God is looking to pour out and be an example in people's lives. The world is full of, the world is full of People that are looking for the easy way out. They're looking for the next quick fix, the next loophole and things to get around things. But God is looking for us to stand up, to be faithful, and to be committed. It's a serious thing. And, and, and I know, you know, for me to stand up here and say, well, you need to be committed in your home. You could look at me and say, hey, man, that's not your business what I do. You could, but it's such an important call that we have to, we have to look at ourselves in the mirror. We have to look in ourselves in the mirror of the word and say, am I being faithful? Am I doing everything that I'm supposed to do? There's an example set. There's a price that's been paid. God is faithful. He wants us to be faithful and be an example for this world. And again, you might say, man, you're asking me to be perfect. No, no I'm not. I'm asking you to be faithful and let God work the perfection in your life. Let him do that and let him work in a beautiful and wonderful, wonderful way. We must, we just have to be faithful, looking for ways to fulfill our commitments. And listen to this. We have to be faithful and look for the ways to fulfill our commitments 
and not look for the ways to get out of them or to get around them. And I just, I'm throwing this stuff out here to you, and I'm, I'm kind of winding this down. You know, at this point, there's probably a bunch of people in this room that are like, I'm trying my best. I'm doing my best. I'm working. I'm, I'm trying my best to be faithful. I don't feel like I'm making any kind of progress. I don't even know if God's hearing me, if he's there, or whatever. I want to talk to you about God's faithfulness. In heaven, as we speak, God is on this awesome, mighty, powerful throne. And then he has all ability for you. He has all love for you, all power. He has everything at his disposal right there. And, and he is there right now in your life before you. But just as an indicator of his faithfulness, I want to share this scripture with you. We talked about Jesus earlier and how he got in the garden and he prayed and he, he said, the work's done. You know that on the cross he said, it is finished. He'd done the work of salvation that we could all be brought to God. But check this out. Romans 8 and 34 says this. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Right now, see the work, there was work done in the garden. The prayers were prayed. The work was done on the cross. But check this out. You're like, man, is, is he even hearing me? Is he, he there? Does he know right where the situation I'm in right now? The word says that right this very moment, he's at the right hand of the Father and he's praying for you right now. The situation that you're in, the one that you've cried over, the one that you've prayed over, he's right there. He's faithful. He's faithful and he's ministering to you and he's praying for you and he's reaching out for you and he's loving you. He has you right where he needs you to be. He wants to touch your life and he wants to help you. He's faithful. The challenge is simply for this, for us to be committed, for us to be faithful, number one, to him, because in that, his strength, his ability, like the pastor said with the love, man, we'll have the right kind of love. We will be who we need to be when it's God first in our life and him moving and working. If you would stand with me. God is your strength. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Tonight you may find yourself. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You might find yourself in a place where it's just chaos. You don't know if you're coming or going. You're in some kind of mess. And you don't know how to get out of it. You might have been touching your heart tonight from, from the stories and the testimonies that you've heard. You may see a glimmer of hope. You might, you might be touched tonight in your heart by a faithful God that would not let you walk out of this place before he touched your heart and say, that's me. I love you. I died on the cross. I did pray those prayers. I did go to the cross and pay this price for you. I love you that much. I care for you that much. Tonight, if you find yourself in a place where you're separated from God and you know you don't have a relationship with Him, I want you to know that you can have Him in your life tonight. The work that Jesus did allows you to be able to pray, to ask God to forgive you of your sins and to give you eternal life and, and He will start a relationship with you. If that's you tonight, and you would say, you know what, I wanna pray that prayer. I feel lost, I feel in sin and I need a Savior, I need Jesus the one on the cross. Is there anybody tonight that would pray this prayer? 
and he won it all. All right, you can raise your heads. The altar is like this. You know, I, I want to say this. Before we come to the altar, everybody in this place is tempted with a little shortcut to not follow through with our commitments, to kind of look for the easy way. Everybody's tempted with it. Everybody's fought to, to break our faithfulness. Everybody's fought with it. Everybody faces the battle every day. It's part of being human. That's why we have a God that's faithful, so he can help us and take care of us. If you raise your hand or if you come down to the altar and pray over, over things that, that, that you're committing to in your life, it's not a, it's not a condemnation against you, and it, it's not an issue like that. We are all being fought. We're all being tempted. We're all being trying to be tore down from this world and from, from the enemy and from you know, the things out there that would fight us. But tonight, if you feel like you're ready to make a new commitment and you want to love your family, you want to serve on the job, you want to be in ministry, you want to have a relationship with God like you've never had before, if that's you and you're ready to make a commitment like that, and if you feel that there's a, a certain situation, a certain situation in, in your life that you feel, man, the enemy's attacked it, and man, I, I, I've kind of just let him convince me and talk to me and get me all off track. And if there's any kind of situation like that tonight, if there's things that are deep in your heart, your family, your job, those type of things, and you're like, God, I'm making a new commitment that I'm going to be faithful to you, number one, and I'm going to be faithful to these situations. If that's you tonight and you're ready to make that kind of commitment, the altar is open. I want you to come and take moments, take some time and pray over the situations of your life. Amen. Let's pray.
you stand with me tonight? These that are praying, continue to pray. You're standing out there tonight. The song he's singing, we know it around here, sings about the extravagant love of God. How he loves our soul. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us. So sing it out. Come on, John. Help me. Oh, how he loves us. He loves us. Oh, he loves us. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Yeah, he everything else. Do you believe that? I love what the assistant pastor of our church preached tonight. may not have been for anyone else but me. It helps me tonight to know that when I'm faithful, he follows through. How many of you know God will never fail? He will never fail, not in one word of his word. God will be faithful. So he looks for faithfulness in us when we're faithful to him. And man, it's like dynamite working together. It's perfect. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for the word tonight. John, Shannon, all these wonderful folks. Armand grew up here too, by the way. He's back here hanging out with us. And you're glad to see Armand lucky tonight. Of course, Thomas is one of us, so we're not going to welcome him. He's home already. We love him around here. Of course, Jeff, it's good to see you as well, brother. So many of you. Thank you for being here. And thank you, John. We're proud of you. Your church, your home church always loves you. And you got it, brother. You got it. I've been like a, a father to him since he was 12 years old. So tonight, I'm busting my buttons because I'm so proud of him. I thank you for being here tonight. I pray that God will bless you this week, that you will have a wonderful week in the Lord, that you will be a light wherever you go. And as we always say around here, the church is not dismissed because you are the church. The church is just leaving the building. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight.